Welcome to Black Health Matters. I'm Daryl Armistead, your host. This episode is a Zoom recording of Howard University group session led by Dr. Clive Callender. She, she began to uh, share some beautiful little things like a beautiful picture of a plant and other things. And as she shared things with everyone else, uh, she, she began to uh, appreciate the beauty of, of life's little things that sometimes we take for granted. You know, I, I, th- I think of, um, of, of an article I, I read where it asked this child, what are the seven most important uh, gifts to the world? And the child said, uh, tasting, uh, seeing, hearing, and and uh, talks about the senses. And sometimes we uh, take so much for granted that we forget the many gifts that we have that are too numerous to count. And uh, sharing those little things made a big difference in her life. And so she, the whole article was about how, uh, in spite of the griefs and pain that go along with life, that uh, sharing the, the beautiful little things that happen to us that we sometimes take for granted and uh, help us to take another perspective on uh, uh, whether we have something to be uh, happy about or not. And invariably, there's something there that uh, uh, can bring uh, joy to somebody else. And in bringing joy to somebody else, you can bring joy to yourself. I thought it was an interesting article that talked about uh, how to find joy during times of grief and pain because this life is full of uh, grief and pain, but uh, it's also full of innumerable blessings and uh, beautiful things that we sometimes take for granted. Any comments about that? I thought that was an interesting article. No comments. Dr. Callender, you did talk, we did talk about uh, that subject before when we were talking about um, how do we handle grief. We, we touched on that a little bit. Yeah. Then there's a, a I good... Out. I Go found ahead. out through grief, it is an individual thing. We did our section in the app and spent a lot of time on it. But the time that we spent and the analysis of it and the final verdict of it, I felt it wasn't me. And um, I realized we all go through grief differently. And you begin to, as your article, Dr. Callender, you begin to find things that do make you happy. Um, Obviously for me losing my husband, it was devastating after 50 years. But um, during that time, immediately after, you know, my son came back home and. And when he was here, his kids were here. Um, My grandkids went through a lot that year that my husband died. They watched him um, deteriorate. And then my grandkids' parents, my son and his wife were going through a lot. Um, 
eventually separated, eventually divorced, eventually sold the house. The dog died. My grandkids' grandfather died. Um, 2020, they persevered. They were always there for me. They encouraged me. I saw the strength in them. They were in school. CJ, my grandson, was in that program at community PG Community College, where he was able to leave high school with an AA degree. He's now at Towson doing well. My granddaughter will graduate from high school this year. She's an honors student. She's been accepted at five different colleges. They persevered and they truly, truly love their granddad. Um, when they hear, we laugh about the things that their granddaddy did and said. And I know they find a lot of joy in remembering those times and doing the celebrations. Um, we celebrated my husband um, this past week. He had a birthday, I had a birthday, but they continued on with the tradition that we normally would have done with my husband. We had the Chinese dinner with all of the family. Um, they then did a little separate thing for me. My day birthday was uh, within two or three days after what would have been David's. And you do have to persevere regardless of the hope or this, um, regardless of the sadness, you have to find hope. You have to have something positive to look forward to. And my positivity was to family. Have I grieved? I still don't think I have. I'm not sure what grief really is, but you do have to look at the things that make you feel good. And um, it gives you the strength to go on. And if my two young grandkids can go through that year of all that they went through, and to them, I think maybe the worst thing probably was the dog dying because that happened here too. Um, but it was a lot that they went through and they're doing so well now. And I'm very, very proud of them. So I can relate to that article. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we all can. Because, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, um, the pandemic has uh, caused us all to uh, mm -hmm. live, live life differently. Differently, uh, yes. And that, that, that's what it's all about, differently, but still finding the innumerable blessings that we have that we often have taken for granted. Yeah. And, uh, and sharing those blessings is, is what makes it uh, uh, bearable for many. And, and, and the, we talked about the epidemic of loneliness, and, and that's what is, what is uh, the, one of the toughest things to deal with, being alone. And being lonely, <clears throat> because you can be alone and still not be lonely, but uh, being lonely. Then the, the, the last, I got a question for you. Any other comments before I change the topic? There's a uh, question I have for you that, uh, what, what percentage of adults eat uh, the amount of fruits and vegetables that they should? <laughs> 10%. Any other thoughts? Uh, I'll 25. say 40, 40%. 35%. Any other thoughts? 16%. And uh, Betty hit it right on the head, 10%. 10 to 12% of adults eat the amount of vegetables and fruits that they should. That, that's amazing. Uh, to me, I thought it was amazing. 
Because you, you jump right on it. But uh, I'm one of them. I don't eat as many as I should. So that's why I thought that. <laughs> yeah, and they only suggest uh, two to three cups of vegetables a day. Uh, fruits and vegetables, of course. That's all Daryl eats anyway. So we don't consider him. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, it's amazing how few... Oh, right. few, few Americans actually uh, eat the small amount of fruits and vegetables that are necessary for life. Anyway, it's uh, that's funny. Yeah. Then there's another article on keeping your bones in good shape, and since we're all at the age where you have to get a DEXA scan and find out what your bone density is, uh, it talks about the importance of calcium and vitamin D and. Uh, and vegetables again. Uh, one thing that Daryl keeps emphasizing us is uh, eating right can keep you alive and and uh, keep you slim and keep you healthy. So uh, exercise and exercising and eating healthy—that's uh, the name of the game. That's how that's how you uh, do your best to age gracefully. Yeah, that DEXA scan for bone density, is that an x-ray? It's a special x-ray, yes. Yes. And when you get over 60, it's a good idea to get one to find out uh, uh, the health of your bones and whether you need to uh, have more calcium and vitamin D and so forth. So, yeah. Is it the same strength as a normal x-ray or is it uh, stronger like a CAT scan? It's less than a CAT scan, but a little more than an X-ray. And is there a time frame for that for seniors, like every three years, every five years, something? Yeah, about every two or three years, I think, yeah. Once you get it done and you find out whether you're normal or not, mm -hmm. then uh, you could, it may be more, you may need to do, may need to do it more, more often than that if you're, if you're low. Uh, but if you're normal, it's probably every two or three years. Sometimes they are expecting for your uh, bone density to decrease. Um, so, what what are the uh, what are the preventive measures? Preventive measures are exercising and uh, eating the right amount of uh, vegetables, peanuts. One of the things that they recommend. Uh, and also vegetables and fruits. Calcium and vitamin D are the key uh, minerals that they recommend. It seems like that might slow it down, but as we age, I don't think uh, there's a whole lot you can do. Well, I, I disagree with you. There is a lot you can do. Uh, but, you know, you have other mitigating circumstances. For example, you may be on medications that uh, doubly require, for example, if you're on prednisone, that, that causes demineralization on itself. So if you're taking treatment for other, other maladies, uh, then that, that, that makes it harder. But, if you're, it is, it, but the normal aging process, if you're not on any medications, uh, the exercise and the uh, right amount of uh, fruits and vegetables and peanuts uh, can... Uh, uh, slow the deterioration and of your bones, and and keep you from getting osteoporosis. 
Are there alternative bone density tests to the DEXA scan? That's the only one I'm, I'm familiar with, uh, Daryl. The reason why I mentioned that is that uh, with any x-rays, possibility of DNA damage. Yes, that's good. I know as you age, when you go to the doctor, they, I know for women anyway, they usually give us calcium, you know, tell us to take calcium, whether we've had the test or not. So that's correct. I've been taking it for a while. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Dr. Callender, I, I didn't realize that peanuts were a source of calcium. Are there any other nuts, Daryl and Doc, uh, that'll help with uh, calcium? They mention uh, peanuts. They don't say which particular type of nuts. Uh, Daryl, you got to answer that? Yeah, dark lean, I'm sorry, dark green vegetables, uh, especially leafy vegetables, very high in calcium. But any, any other kind of nuts, I was asking? Um, Sam, trying to see, I tried to highlight. They talk a lot about uh, bisphosphonates and they, oh, they are, okay. Yeah. Well, I just recommend walnuts because uh, they're not in hybrid as opposed to almonds. Almonds and cashews are hybrids, so you know I, I just recommend walnuts. And that's good to know. I always thought nuts um, were bad for you. I love nuts. I eat all kinds of nuts. Mm -hmm. um, but um, someone told me that they're bad for me. Stop eating them, especially for your digestive tract. Right. I wonder who told you that. Mm -hmm. Those non-medical relatives of mine. Oh, because oh. it says a diet rich in produce, nuts, and whole grain cereals, mm. olive oil, and fish, of course, are uh, uh, recommended. But they don't identify which type of nuts. And follow Daryl. Uh, <clears throat> is an anti-hybrid man. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess any other. Comments about that, there's a lot to share. We've got some articles we can talk about. So John, you can go ahead and share them. All righty. It's interesting that uh, uh, John Buchanan, in addition to being a, uh, a man of all seasons and uh, is also uh, had his 99th blood donation. So he's oh. on the road to being in the Hall of Fame for <laughs> blood donors. So uh, he's a man of all seasons that John Buchanan is. So <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Doc. It's the, uh, I'm going on the 21st of March for my 100th. And mm -hmm. they, they have a special, uh, at, at the NIH, they have a special ceremony. So I'll let you guys know. Yeah. What, is I, that, yeah. what was That's the period good. of time? When did you start giving it? Oh, how, 1996. Say it again, Doc. 96? 1996. Mm. I, I went right after I heard Doc talk about uh, MOTEP and the, uh, the lack of uh, Black donors and uh, the, the number of recipients for, for donation. And I said, well, 
I don't want to give up an organ, but I can give up some some tissue, some blood. <laughs> uh, that, that, that worked for me. And and I hate needles too, but I, I kind of got over it. Let's tell us about yoga for beginners, uh, John. Well, um, you know, I've always heard that that yoga is really good for for your overall health, but it's also really good for your uh, for your spirit and your your serenity. Uh, it's meditative as well as uh, physical, so I really like it and. Once I tried it, I was going in person like once a week. Uh, now, since the uh, virtual platform has taken over, I go up to four or even six times a week uh, right at home on my computer. So it's, uh, it's very, very convenient. It's rather inexpensive. Uh, and again, if anybody is interested in my uh my yogi you know i'll send it to you but uh it's uh the type of thing that um it's you you really feel the effect of sitting you know just just being uh non-physical and especially with 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 covid i mean that's all all you could do is sit at home and eat you know, watch TV. So, I mean, you know, you put on weight, your circulation's bad, and your attitude gets really negative. And um, so yoga is, uh, uh, they, they say, uh, it's like meditation in motion. So uh, it, it, it's very good. And you can even do some yoga uh, on your own, you don't have to be in a in a, in a class. But if if you learn some uh, some basic uh, moves, you know it it'll really help. The stretches mostly, and uh, you know it also balance balance poses help you uh, keep you from falling, uh, and. Uh, it helps you to helps you to sleep better. Also, uh, you see this this one move right here, the downward dog. I hate that. It is so hard for me. Uh, I think we have a we have a picture of the, the down downward facing dog. Um, this this is even if you just do ten minutes, it it, it works. My my sessions are are one hour, just about one hour. And it, it, it really works. So now I'm up to four times a week. Uh, today would, would be a day whenever we're not having this session. I'm, I'm doing yoga on Thursday and Friday. But since uh, we've been here, I haven't done Thursday and Friday. So here, here are the, uh, the best positions if you want to start. The, the child's pose. And I'm sorry we don't we don't have a picture of, of this, but you you start on the floor with and and you actually that's that's the frog pose when you put your knees out wide and then you you lean over with your forehead almost on on the floor and uh, 
and it's 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 quite relaxing. It's a relaxing pose. Mountain pose. You're you're standing up <clears throat> with your arms up in the air, and uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, downward dog. I think I have a picture of the down. This, this is the downward dog. Is is one thing one thing wrong with this picture? Anybody can can anybody see what's what's wrong with this picture? Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of subtle, but she she's got shoes on. You you don't do you don't do yoga with shoes on. You do it barefoot. Yeah, that that's a downward facing dog. And uh, so those those are the basic. Simple moves that that you can do. Down dog, mountain pose, which is like this, up in the air, standing up straight, and child's pose. And uh, it's it's fun. I mean, you really feel like you've accomplished something when when it's over. And anybody can do it. In fact, my my wife is going to join me Saturday doing yoga. So that 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 really helps. It helps all all around, physical, mental, spiritual, all the above. Very good. <laughs> Any questions? Um, I have I have back problems. I have a pinched nerve in my back. So is that? I, I'm afraid to do too many stretches. Would would that help? You think? Actually, yoga helps with back problems because you actually build up the muscles in, in, in your spine. Spine health is one of the, the key tenets of, of, of yoga. And, uh, you know, twists and stretches actually help. I, I sent this, uh, uh, my one of my lessons to John Tatum. I don't know if he could do it, but, you know, one of the, the things that the, the instructor always says is, you work to your own limits. If you have any pain, then you stop or, you know, you don't do it as far. Sometimes I'm, I'm on my back and they're doing leg lifts, you know, with, uh, you know, laying on your back, you lift your legs up. Uh, or you're, you're sitting on, on, your, on your sitting bones and you lift your legs up. It builds up your, your, um, your, your, your stomach area, your abdo- abdominal muscles. And, Boy, that is hard for me. That's really, really hard. But the more you do it, guess what? The more you do it, it, it gets easier, and you can see the results. You know, it 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 really helps. But you you work to your own limits. If you have any pain or anything like that, then then you can back off. And it's built into the lesson. You can go, you know, a little bit, a medium, or a lot. You know. Okay. Okay. Good question. Any others before we move on? Doctor? John? There's, um, there's a question in the background I saw. Okay. Um, what about that saying, no pain, no gain? I would replace that with, with discomfort. D- discomfort is what you're going to feel if you're stretching for the first time. But if it's pain, you know, you need to distinguish between pain and discomfort. Pain uh, tells you that something's wrong. Stop. Stop. Yeah, definitely. So if you feel pain, you stop immediately. 
That's correct. Yes. I saw a hand back there. Somebody had their hand up with a question. Go on to the next one. Okay. Here we go. This is uh, as we are aging and as author uh, speaks to us <laughs> with different ways and with different joints. This is probably uh, one of the most important aspects of, uh, of what we have to deal with. Is there anyone who has no arthritis at all? I don't know that I have any. <laughs> yeah, well, if you... You would know it if you. <laughs> you would know if you have it. No, I don't have it. Okay. Yeah, that's a blessing. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing. Mm -hmm. I exercise every morning, but I still have arthritis. And of course, smoking. These are the things that make it worse. Physical inactivity and uh, smoking, of course, uh, unhealthy. Period. And then this this is something that you see very little overdoing exercise. <laughs> you rarely read about that. Doctor Calendar, I was surprised to know that you can get arthritis as early uh, when you're in your thirties. Get younger than that. I had one of my friends who actually died from arthritis. He was a teenager. But there are different types of arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis and other arthritis which are involved uh, are the joints. Uh, so it's an inflammatory disease that uh, doesn't affect the very young often, but it does. And rheumatoid arthritis can be lethal. Dr. Calendar, what's osteoarthritis? Bone. Actually, it's kind of a osteoarthritis refers to inflammation of your, your bone joints. I was having problems last year this time with my left shoulder and left hand. Um, the hand's so bad until I could barely use it. And, and my sister said, don't worry about it, it's arthritis. You know, we all get it. And I realized that, but that doesn't mean accepted. I went to the doctor and he said that he thought it was arthritis, but he did send me for x-rays and they diagnosed osteoarthritis. And he sent me for therapy. It worked. Um, I was very limited. I couldn't on my left side, reach my hand around my back and reach my arm around my back. And like I said, my hand, it was very limit limiting and holding and opening and uh, he sent me for four sessions. Of course, when I went to therapy, they did their analysis and said, oh, you need 12. I thought it was a joke. It worked. It really helped a lot. Um, so much so until I'm not having the pain, I can stretch my arm now the way I used to. Um, so it pays to you know just follow through with a medical opinion instead of analyzing things you know it hurts you know it's arthritis at least you guess it is but at least i was able to take it a step further and it did work out right and, and uh, there are other causes of shoulder pain including discs and mm -hmm. cervical stenosis so it's important yeah. to find out uh, that you don't have those yeah and then heavy lifting is 
uh, when you do it inappropriately and you don't have the balances for your back is, can cause more problems than you imagine. So that means we shouldn't lift our grandchildren. Oh. No, it doesn't mean that you have to lift correctly. And they will tell you how to how to lift properly and and uh, how to bend your knees, how to support your back and your stomach when you lift. Um, could you go back up there where it said the palms of your hands to lift? I didn't quite understand that. Could someone explain that to me? Rather than with your hands, play it, play it safe and use the palms of both hands, or use your arms instead of your hands. What? What does that mean? Well, I, don't I, have, I have an example of that. So um, uh, as a diver, I use uh, these very heavy air tanks. They're compressed air tanks. They weigh about 30, 35 pounds each. And um, if, if you just lift the, the tank by, by the handle, and you're carrying these things around. I mean, it puts a lot of strain on your on your wrists and your fingers. The best way to carry them is like if you're carrying a, a baby and, and your back is straight and you, you're carrying it out in front of you like, like, like this. This is one thing that, that we learned to save your back. And uh, as, a, as a dive master, <clears throat> as a dive master, I'm carrying a lot of tanks a lot of times. So I have to be very careful about lifting these heavy, heavy things. Also, uh, I go bowling and, you know, just even just picking up the bowling ball wrong can, can uh, cause you problems. So you, you can pick the ball up with two hands, that sort of thing. So just be aware of how you pick, pick up things. It says hold items close to your body which is less stressful. Mm. It's interesting because uh, people who work in the hospital, especially nurses, they have to uh, understand uh, the, uh, how, how to properly lift things and, uh, and how to use uh, uh, things that keep you from lifting when possible because they have so many machines now that can help uh, lift a patient so that you don't break your back. Uh, and so uh, I think doing it the proper way is helpful. What is the proper way? I think that's uh, uh, kind of what uh, Carol was asking. Is that interesting? This is going about eating pro-inflammatory foods. Uh, and it talks about the usual suspects, red meat, white sugar, French fries, Ooh. soda and pastries. <laughs> May sound delicious, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it can worsen joint pain, so. I cut out two, I cut out the red meat and white sugar. Uh, I'm working on the French fries now. <laughs> <laughs> Olive oil, berries, and fish. Um, Dr. Callender, yes. uh, what, what makes French fries bad? Is it the, the frying? 
or is it just the potato period? I think it's both. I think uh, and there are other substances in French fries, not mm -hmm. just the potato. Okay. Uh, and the, uh, I forgot the name of the, 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 the product that they've tossed off the market that was in French fries, but, mm. uh, but uh, so it's not just the potato. Thank you. It's the process. And the it's, also, it's also the salt. Yeah. You said it's also the salt. Yes, it's also the salt is bad for you. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could understand that, yeah. As popular as French fries are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> Number six is the one that surprised me. But, but Dr. Uh, Tyler, what about the air frying? You know, that, that's the new thing now. I don't know anything about that. So anybody have any comments on that? It's very popular, I know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't use any oil or anything. Pop it in and let it go. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's an issue we can address because I'm totally ignorant of that. So, air, what do you air, call it? Air frying? Air, air frying. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so, my grandson bought an air fryer. He got into cooking and he bought an air fryer. And he used it for about a month. Then the next thing I know, he was cooking the way he was cooking before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no taste to air frying. You, I miss that grease. That might um, be <laughs> not really true. You can. Uh, I've got an air fryer, and uh, it depends on how you season, how you prepare the food. It's not tasteful. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. My grandson seasons, he, he has a whole shelf full of seasons, seasonings and stuff, but th that air fry is just sitting on my counter. Hmm. <laughs> oh, we have one, someone wants to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's John's, I can't sell it. I'll be right over. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, most of us text, so... Uh, it's interesting that uh, too much of anything can uh, cause problems and uh, texting as well as using the, the computer. Um, that's, John's, that's John's specialty. Um, he's like a speech to text function. So he just speak it, even when he's using his computer. Mm -hmm. uh, um, he'd rather speak it and then correct the errors than um, typing or texting. And that um, some people um, that use a keyboard a lot, the carpal, tunnel carpal um, injury. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Carpal tunnel. Yeah. Carpal tunnel. Yeah. I've dealt with that. I've had the, uh, the operation on my right hand. Mm -hmm. What was it successful? Did it work? Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, yes. Well, you know, our, our, our children are raised up on on uh, uh, video games and stuff like that. So, I mean, they're 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 going to have much more uh, serious problems much earlier in life than, than we are. Cause we, we didn't get started on the 
on this stuff till we were much older, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Playing those video games all the time. All, all the time. Can't, can't even take, get them away from them. You know? It's good preparation for surgery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, most video surgeries games? is done uh, via robotics these days, so. Oh. Yeah. Very That's the future. That's the future. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay, next one. This is an interesting article about uh, our history and uh, the abuse that is passed on from parent to children. You know, it's an interesting phenomenon that uh, children of abused parents are abusive. Uh, and uh, it was always uh, shocking to me that to watch how children of abuse parents uh, became abusive to their own children and to their spouses. Mm -hmm. And uh, this intergenerational trauma, which they call it, is, is not good for anyone's health. Uh, and it, sets the stage for mental illness. Uh, and uh, something we have to guard against. Uh, as we talk about trauma and uh, all of the uh, negative aspects of it with people killing people all the time. So it's one of the saddest stories of our lifetime is the intergenerational trauma and how it uh, affects all who are exposed to it. Whether it's the uh, inside the house or outside the house, uh, and as we see uh, you know, you think of the kids who are exposed to it, not in the house, but because of what's going on out, out in the street. And uh, they're still exposed and they, they still wind up with post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome or what they call slave syndrome. How many of you uh, were exposed to uh, abuse in your growing up? Not many of you. No. Mm -mm. They, they would consider it uh, abuse now, you know, but back then, I mean, it was standard. I mean, you messed up, you got the strap, you know. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Spare the rod and spoil the child. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and, and that wasn't considered abuse. That was considered child raising. Yeah, I have a cousin who was beaten by, by my uncle, my, my mother's brother, uh, to the point where he, he even stopped crying. It was so bad. Yeah, with, with, with a strap. Mm -hmm. He's a preacher now, though, so he turned out all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That it's was amazing how many people survive that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Calder, 
two points, um, like even teaching, they're telling teachers that they cannot touch the children or any corporal punishments or even mental punishments. And it's harder to deal with children without using punishment because we were raised with a punishment, but it mm -hmm. can be done that I'm learning. And then you look at the fraternities and sororities <laughs> and the hazing. And they were, if they were hazed, they will haze the prospective person. And that has to stop. They keep writing all this stuff that it stopped, but it still hasn't stopped because people are still dying because mm -hmm. of pledging these fraternities and sororities, black and white. Mm -hmm. So Carol, that's, 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 un, that's underground um, pledging. And as, as a person, a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, we are anti-hazing. And if we catch somebody like that, you are um, expelled from Alpha Kappa Alpha and because it's penalties and laws for each state that if they are caught doing that. So you have mm -hmm. to, um, I know in my sorority, um, that is forbidden and there's laws and there's penalty and crime, um, um, prison time. So mm. that, you have to think about that. We yeah, have anti-hazing. But in the beginning, they did it. And um, there's a couple of fraternities that are on right now. I, you know, they got the laws and everything, but what you say is underground. And then if they say they are going to tell on the underground person, they will um, still won't be able to get in or the thing is disbanded. But it has been built into our society as acceptable. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting to the point that it's not acceptable, just like parental abuse. If your parent beat you with anything other than their hand, and then that hand can be abusive. Most of us in here have been abused because we've been beaten with something other than, if you've been beaten with a belt or anything, that's mm -hmm. called abuse in today's society. And that's what the Bible speaks of. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> so that uh, the Bible mm -hmm. speaks of, of spearing the rod and spoiling the child uh, as uh, being the proper way to do it. So it's interesting how the laws have changed so that what's in the Bible is no longer. Mm -hmm. what Dr. Calendar, can I ask a question? Yes. Um, when you were saying that you know, mental illness and things happen, you know, children and, and growing up when seeing abuse, being abused. So the question I'm going to ask, it was a 27-year-old lady woman that was killed the other last week in, the, in her car, shot in front of her two-year-old and four-year-old. Mm -hmm. Won't they remember that? Yes. That's what I kept thinking, because somebody else kept saying that. But I think that they're just too young. No, I don't think so. They saw mm -hmm. that man shoot their mother. Yeah, and the, the, oh, the, extent, yeah. the extent of mental trauma is difficult to uh, predict. Because okay. That was a sad story. Plus yesterday they um, had on the news, she was four months pregnant. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, they did catch him, but it was like, oh my God, you know, these children saw this whole thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if that's something you ever get rid of. Right. Well, it, 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 you can get rid of it by psychotherapy, but who goes to psychotherapy? 
uh, and uh, uh, the price our, our children pay for being exposed to this trauma, whether they uh, are, are traumatized themselves uh, physically or not, the mental trauma is there and that is there for the rest of their life unless somebody actually gives them therapy. And, uh, and we have such a, a uh, fear of being, going to the psychiatrist and getting psychotherapy that uh, <clears throat> sometimes that abuse is there forever. And those children will not receive therapy. And um, like my daughter was talking about when she worked at Baloo, kids saw each other killed at the bus stop and blood splattered on them. And yet they were expected to go to school the next day after being traumatized, are they going to be penalized? And no psychotherapy. They would come in one day and say, are you okay? You got anything to express? And then leave. And then look at other schools in um, certain parts of Virginia and Maryland, someone has a, um, a child is killed in a motor vehicle, then they rush all of a sudden to that school to talk to the children. But if you think of our children in the inner city, you they talk to the children one or two days and then they're gone. They think that's enough, but it takes years and months for someone to get over that. And um, those two children should keep them in prayer. But as far as seeking help and our society helping, we'll report it, but there's no help given to those children seeing that their parents are killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, interesting because uh, in this group, uh, people ask, well, since we know that the epidemic of mental illness is with us, what are we doing to prepare ourselves for it? Hmm. And uh, of course, the answer is probably nothing. And uh, we'll pay the price for that. And uh, that's uh, something that we need to be more conscious of as uh, Carol is pointing out. This is an article that talks about uh, COVID being endemic rather than pandemic. And what does that really mean? Is it a play on words or what? And uh, Fauci has talked about it, others have talked about it. And they, they still say it's a way off, but I, I think it's, it's here uh, because uh, the reason is, why do I say it's here? I say it's here because so many people are now vaccinated. Uh, and, uh, and the purpose of the vaccine was to, uh, to prevent hospitalization and death. And uh, so we're moving towards it being endemic because of most people are vaccinated. And uh, when it's a situation where most people are, are vaccinated, then uh, that will make it endemic. So we may be a month or two away from that, but we're moving in that direction. Now we evidence by the falling death rates and falling hospitalization rates, which we still have now with, with Omicron. And this sentence says it all. This means it's here forever, just like the flu. 
is here forever. Yeah. And like all of these diseases continue to keep people, kill people. Uh, it's just that they don't kill so many people. So, so those diseases are here and, and we learn how to get our vaccination shots and do those things. So, and remember how many thousands still die every year from the flu. This, uh, this is an article that talks about two. Did somebody have a question or comment? Anyway, this talks about two paths of super immunity to COVID 19, uh, with one being uh, having a breakthrough infection, and the other being having an infection and then getting the uh, vaccine. And both will give you uh, robust immune response, which is protective. But uh, no one is suggesting that just getting the infection is enough. Everyone is suggesting even, even if you just get the infection, you still need to be vaccinated. And there are of course those who don't agree with that, but uh, Most of the data now is making it clear that uh, natural immunity without the booster is not as effective as, as in getting the, the infection and getting the booster or being fully immunized and getting the booster as well as the initial two shots. And uh, I think we're well on the path towards endemic COVID and I suspect we will get there sometime this year. That's that's my guess, but time will tell. What is uh, problematic is the large people around the world who remain unvaccinated are inequitable. Dr. Kelly, I saw a report uh, the other day, yesterday, about these people who are, are rioting and, you know, for you know, individual rights, you know, you can't make me get a, a vaccine, you know, they say the, the government is take, trying to take over their bodies and everything, and, uh, you know, I, I, I understand the, the sentiment but it's it's in in light of the the science that we know, it's it turns out to be ignorance, you know. And, so and it's uh, harmful, and it's harmful. The, the, it, it's 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 not only ignorant; it's harmful because people will die because of it, and that's what uh, you know. It's all right for you to kill yourself, but but to kill others is what is problematic. Those, those unvaccinated who, who get the disease are breeding grounds for more uh, variants. Also. Right, right. Right, but uh, they are with us and you, you have these anti-vaccine people who are protesting. 
And this uh, is just uh, saying something that the other article said as well, that uh, just like the flu, uh, COVID is gonna be with us. And there'll be variants all the time, just as they are with the flu. And so the goal will be to vaccinate uh, appropriately for the uh, variants as they come up. Mm -mm. See this statement right here? Mm. Part of the ego system, ecosystem. Right. They're gonna be with us forever. Right, just like the flu is with us, right? And all the other diseases are with us. All of them are still with us. We just don't talk about them anymore. TB is still with us. The other things are still with us. Just they don't uh, kill as many people anymore, but they are still with us. And uh, hospitalizations and deaths still occur. While the majority of people who are dying are unvaccinated still, there are people who are vaccinated who also are dying. It's just fewer of them, that's all. Kind of upsetting right here. Well, it's going to be interesting as we look back on uh, January to see whether at the end of the month that the hospitalization rate and death rates uh, falling or are they tapering off? Our hope is that it's gonna continue to fall. That's what's interesting still. You have people, opposition to COVID mandates, which is in here. The governor, the governor, <laughs> it's trying to stop mandates, yeah. It's amazing, so many sentiments, yeah. But it's amazing that some people protest masks. And, and uh, well, they protest everything, protest masks, they protest everything. So this is the week you get the uh, N95 masks from pharmacy chains and all over the country, Walgreens. It's funny, next week will be February. Time flies. It does. It flies. 
the three three masks for yeah. a dog. How, how do they know you don't keep coming back to the store though? Or go to different stores? We won't. They won't. And how long should a mask last? Depends uh, uh, on whether you use it once or whether you use it for hours, or whether you, uh, uh, and some of them can be reclaimed and recycled. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it all depends. So you breathe, you breathe through the mask and you're trapping Omicron uh, particles, but how long would those particles be active or whatever? As long as, as long as you have the mask and you, the integrity of the mask is not compromised, as long as that's the case. And so if the mask is, gets wet or contaminated, then you need to, uh, uh, change the mask, get another mask, and, and re recycle it. So, so it, it doesn't allow it to get to you. Uh, so that's the purpose of it. How long will three masks last is what actually what you're asking. Uh, if you go to the store and you just use it for that purpose and come back, uh, you could probably use it over and over again. Yeah. If, you go, if you go, let's say, to a basketball game and spend hours, mm -hmm. uh, you probably have to uh, uh, recycle it. Mm -hmm. That's just common sense, but... Uh, uh, they are recyclable, so you can uh, uh, use them again, clean them and use them again. The difference with the uh, N95 is that it, it really fits snug and uh, it uh, really allows you to have a system in which nothing gets into your nose or mouth that uh, is not filtered. That's what the respirators that they call them are. What's the difference between the N95 and the KN95 masks? I don't know the difference because they both uh, are effective. I don't know that answer. Good question. But they, both of them are available and they're both supposed to be effective, but I don't know the difference. I have a, there's a graph later on that shows the efficacy of each type of mask. We'll see in a minute. Mm -hmm. Well, it's amazing because most of the, you go to the uh, basketball games and other things, and they still, most people still wearing cloth masks. Mm -hmm. So. They spent their money and bought all these cloth masks, so they're gonna use them. Yeah, they're gonna use them, yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Whether they work or not, they're going to use them. I've seen people with the cloth mask underneath the N95 mask. 
Okay, this this is the graph I was talking about. It looks like N95 and KN95 are equivalent, probably. Yeah, it looks yeah. like. Just difference in branding. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Well, the, the N95 is, is like rounder in front, and the KN95 looks like it's pointier, a little bit pointier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're equally effective. Dr. Calendar, I just received my e my email confirmation that the mask that I ordered from UPS uh, through the postal service will arrive on Monday, January the 31st by no later than 9 p.m. Okay. So I guess the link does actually work. Now we'll wait to see if I get them. Yeah. Um. But it's interesting that these, uh, wow, these uh, masks are 40% effective. <laughs> wow, this one. Mm -hmm. looks, um, Which one's that blue mask? They're all blue. Oh, they're all blue. How can you tell the difference which is what? Oh, you can tell the difference by the, the snug fit of the uh, N95s. Uh, they have uh, something that fits right over the nose that uh, allows you to have that vacuum between the, the nose and the uh, chin so that uh, everything, whereas the others, uh, don't have that. Off the count, I have a, I think this is K95. And this is the KN95. KN95. Right. That's what I was talking about. The, the N95 is rounder. Tur turn it around on the other side. Yeah, see, it's rounder in front. No, and those are, those are much better with two different straps yes. that go over the back of your head. Yes. Over the back. <clears throat> and they have different colors, blue and white. And they also have a different style now as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there was an article about this lady who decided she wanted to get the... Uh, COVID from her family, but what happened is she got it and she died. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so they're telling people, please don't try to get it so you can get over it because you may not. What's that? Was she vaccinated? No. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's the stupid part. Sorry, that's what they're talking about. That's people, really? They're talking about people who are unvaccinated. Okay. <sighs> and then so, see, when her when her husband and her children got it, 
she decided she didn't want to be vaccinated, but she wanted to get it the other, the natural way. <laughs> she got yeah, it, she but she died. She, she died. wanted to build up immunity to it. Right. Mm. But she died, so. Well, now so she's trying to get it again. What's that? Now she's immune. She will not get it again. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> Only Daryl would say that. <laughs> Carol? So true, though. <laughs> yeah, she won't try that experiment again. <laughs> yeah, I know she can't, but... Uh, she definitely can't. <laughs> so it's, it's important. For people to get vaccinated, not not to have their own research agenda. Uh, this this is upsetting right here. Even if you get a mild case, you can get long COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Doctor Calendar, this is Rochelle. Maybe we need uh, a, a psychologist to come on to explain. We are more educated, we have access to more information, but why are people so against getting vaccinated when they know, <clears throat> know that this can something that can, can help you opposed to harming you? I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I have a hard time trying to understand people. What are you having a hard time understanding? Why, why, why are they so against getting vaccinated? We've been getting vaccinated ever, ever since I could, can remember. Well, you know, there's always been an actually vaccinated group that have said that you get autism and you get this and that from vaccines. There's always been a, a group, even in, in uh, back in 1918, they had the people who didn't want to wear masks. So there's always those people who are different. And, uh, yeah, but where's the so supporting documentation that the vaccine that, that, that that child that? Because that's my question. When people say something to me, I say, but where is your supporting documentation to support your statement? They probably get mad at you then. Well, you know, <laughs> they do. They stop talking to me, hang up, you know, because <laughs> don't, don't come to me talking about something and I asked them to support what you said. And then I asked them, please don't say that. You know, I, 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 I'm gonna go back to what I said earlier. Most of those people are reacting to somebody telling them what to do. That's it. Mm -hmm. They're reacting to being, to being controlled by the government. You know, they, they want the right to commit suicide, which, which mm -hmm. is, a, it is a right. They have that right. But the problem is not that they see the right to commit suicide is one thing, but the right for you to infect and harm others is another. Mm -hmm. and that's where uh, uh, most people mm -hmm. do. You have the right to, to kill yourself, but not the right to kill everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, the problem we have with the actually vaccinated groups. And nowadays, we're having studies that showing more and more that the group of people who are vaccinated overcome Omicron and the people who aren't may not. And uh, 
we're getting more and more studies that are looking at the number of people who uh, succumb to uh, Omicron and those who do not. Um, Dr. Callan, you said a couple of times, and when did that come into being that we had the right to kill ourselves? I mean, always had. We always had the right to commit that's suicide. always been true? As far as I know, yeah. You have the right to uh, kill yourself, but not others. So mm -hmm. you have the right to commit suicide? Yeah. Okay. You do. Now, we try to convince you otherwise. We try to convince you that you shouldn't kill yourself. But uh, I don't know that there's a law against suicide. Uh, we try to do everything we can in our power to convince you that you shouldn't do it. No, but you can't you can't cash out on no insurance policy if you commit suicide. That's correct. Not gonna cash out on insurance anyway. Well your your family could. Family can. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they won't get paid if you're suicide. Well, it's interesting now that uh, Supreme Court has ruled against uh, vaccinations in uh, mandating vaccinations in the public arena and have supported vaccination in the hospitals. It's going to be interesting to see what the uh, businesses will do. The question is, how many people have received the initial vaccination but have not received the booster? Because in many ways, they're not fully vaccinated without the booster. Now you have, I guess, everybody in, in Maryland is getting calls uh, requesting you to get the booster shot if you're five months over. Are they saying yet how long that booster will last? No, we don't know yet. Okay. Yeah, because mine was in the end of October. Yeah. So they haven't said yet. So, so the question is, will we need another booster? I think yes. The only question is when. And it's interesting how the, the uh, discrediting information is uh, widely published. This is, this is really, really sick that somebody would have that much power and- use it like that it's it's horrible 
Tucker Carlson. That jerk. <laughs> if I saw him, I'd probably want to hit him with a baseball bat or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have a right for suicide, not murder. Not murder. <laughs> Shucks. What's interesting is that Fox News, uh, their staff of employees, including Tucker Carlson, has a 95% rate of vaccination. That's interesting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that people will make those statements that have no basis in fact, mm -hmm. but they make them anyway. They make those allegations anyway. Well, what is really tragic is many of those people are dry, are dying from from COVID. Strong anti-vaccinators people. That's hmm. <laughs> really it's sad. It's it's mm -hmm. criminal. It's criminal. Yeah, it is. To me, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If somebody follows that, they're going to be dead. That's yeah. Criminal. Isn't that criminal? You're an accessory to a, to a murder? Well, they're saying. The accusations by Attorney General Letitia James mark a substantial escalation of her civil probe into the Republican former U.S. president's business, the Trump Organization. Somebody's got a radio on or TV on. Let me see who that is. That would be. That suggests Donald J. Trump and the Trump Organization also and fraudulently value. You could ask them to put on mute. Yeah. It's not Bonnie. Of course not. <laughs> it sounds like it's chance. This is an article that talks about it's not the, here. It's the ability of the vaccine to uh, recognize the variants, which is very important. I'm going to mute everybody and then Dr. Yeah. Callender unmute yourself and continue. Okay. Sounds like Tucker Carlson. Uh, well, I think this speaks for itself. Uh, it tells the data of, 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 of the opposite of what the people who misspeak. And it's uh, clear that uh, vaccination prote is protective. So why these people come up with the misinformation is uh, not clear. But they, you know, it's interesting how you can say a, an untruth so often that people start believing it, even though it's untrue. And uh, some people go loud and strong and wrong. And uh, 
but I guess this is what we have to deal with. Well, as long as people still keep believing in Santa Claus and making movies about it, people will always believe lies. Well, this is a good article that talks about uh, differentiating mortality rates between people who are vaccinated and those who are not. And it helps you look at the numbers and, and really come up with the truth. And it shows a graphic of what a difference is. And it's, it's interesting how you can see that if you're talking about five of 50 versus five of 10. <laughs> five of 10 of those who are unvaccinated die and five of 50 of those who are vaccinated die. There's still five, but the difference is very, very gross. This helps you put things into perspective when people come to you with, with data that is uh, inaccurate. It's interesting how the percentage of people fully vaccinated varies. We're still only 63% fully vaccinated. While I look at China, 87.8%. Chile. Wow. Chile. That's that's probably that's probably the best one in the world, I guess. China, huh? Chile, Chile. South America. That that vaccine came from Russia. Look at that. The seventy-one uh, percent. England, that's better than ours. I'm anxious to see what they have for Africa. And Haiti. Because that, that's really, uh, the crux of the matter, and the different countries in Africa. It's a huge continent in Africa. And so to talk about South Africa is one thing. Talk about the rest of Africa, especially Black Africa is another. And that to me is, is uh, the uh, sin 
that we have that we have an equitable allocation of the vaccine. And we got places in uh, the continent of Africa, particularly in the black continent of Africa and Haiti and places like that where, where we don't see data. And uh, we don't see data makes you wonder uh, what are we hiding? Why don't we have data? And the fact is that it's, it's likely that uh, don't have data because the data is uh, frightening and very negative. But any other comment about the persistent inequitable allocation of uh, vaccine? By the way, next, next week we have a, a, a person who wants, is going to be talking about liver disease. So any of you who have an interest in that uh, should entice your, attract your friends to come in and listen to the liver expert uh, next week. Will do. I have quite a few that are interested. We'll try to get them out. Okay. Any other uh, comments or questions? Or I probably uh, will not be on the group session next week because I'm moving. You still gonna be in Chicago? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, just to uh, just to moving to a different house. Um, how's the weather in Chicago, by the way? <laughs> eight inches of snow uh, well, right now it, we've got a heat wave it's 25 degrees um, the last couple of days has, has been single digits and uh, there's eight inches of snow on the ground and we'll probably get uh, another foot of snow next week really? Yeah. wow I, it's nice not to be in Chicago <laughs> All right, and I'm heading to Florida next week, but I'll be I'll be there for the liver disease. Good, 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 good. Okay. All so, right. Dr. Callender, you know about the hawk? The hawk. Almighty hawk. He uh, he reigns. He rules in Chicago. <laughs> oh, that hawk! Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I visited Chicago on January in January once. And about never ever to do that again. It was you get brutal. used to it. No, 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 no. I, it's brutal. No. Brutal. I never got used to it. Twenty-five below zero. No. Sorry. Doctor Calendar, I got up on the screen. Uh, an ex-college professor who has a campaign going around. Um, anti-vaccine campaign mm. and her name is Cahill, Dolores Cahill. Um, and she said that uh, masks, for children who wore masks, they would have a lower IQ and all <laughs> bunch of stuff. Uh, uh. They kicked her out of the university because of her anti-vaccine efforts. Um, but anyway, she's getting very popular going around doing talks and everything of why you should not get vaccinated. 
Yeah. Top of the top. Yeah. Tennis. Yeah. Professor Sad. Dolores Cahill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. You guys have a good week. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Be safe. Thank you. Here. Okay. Have a good one. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye, Charles. All right. Bye now. Charles, bleed out. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye. 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 bye.